The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah and Avtes quotes a pasuk in Vayikra, "V'nisem es nafshei sechem v'tishal achaydesh." You should be ma'ana your nefesh. You should suffer in the soul on the ninth day of the month. That's tonight, tonight and tomorrow. On the ninth day, you should be ma'ana yourself on the ninth day of Tishrei. Maybe the Torah has the wrong date. Is the ninth day the day that we fast? I thought we fast on the tenth. We got the calendar wrong. It's a pasuk that the Gemara has a question on, and the Gemara answers whoever eats and he drinks on Erev Yom Kippurim today whether or not it counts tonight also but definitely tomorrow whoever eats and drinks on Erev Yom Kippurim mala alav hakosov ki'ilo hisane chi v'asiri the Torah considers it if you eat on Erev Yom Kippur, ki'ilu your misane on the ninth and on the tenth. Meaning, not only are you fasting on the tenth, but really it's considered to be as if you also fasted today on Erev Yom Kippurim. If you're ma'ane yourself, if you eat rather and you drink today, it's as if you're ma'ane yourself two days in a row. Chiv asiri. Very strange concept. So Rashi says, Rashi in Mesechus Brachas and Yuma, he says that the reason for this is, what's going on over here? Mishem Why are you eating today? You're eating in order to get chizuk, to get strength for tomorrow, for Yom Kippur. We're about to have a long fast. You have to prepare yourself, you have to prep your body, you have to eat. So if you eat and you drink today in preparation for the time, so it's ki'ilu, you were mis'ane chiva siri, meaning because since you were eating in order to fast, so it's considered for some reason to be as if you fasted on the 9th and on the 10th. Just parenthetically, I, when I learned this Rashi, I thought that it's such a beautiful concept. Like the Rabbeinu Shalom is worried about our health. Even though he told us that we should fast on the 10th day of Tishrei, but he's like a, a doting father that loves us so much that he's concerned, oh, you got to fast, you're, you're fasting, you have to eat, make sure you eat enough. It's like a, you know, a mother that calls... On, a, on before a tainus and says, you know, you have to eat. You have to just keep on eating because, you know, you're fasting tomorrow. Don't forget. And then I saw that the rush says this exact vart. I thought it was my finish. The rush says, I'll read it to you. It's an amazing rush in Mesechas Yuma. This pasuk is showing us the love that Hakadosh Baruch Hu has for us. A man has a beloved child. And this child has to fast for a day. 
So he orders his son sternly, you have to eat and you have to drink before the Tainus so that you'll stay healthy. You could, you could get through it. You could tolerate the fast. Who says the rush? There's only one day that a person has to fast. That's Yom Kippur. You're not going to find any other time throughout the year that there's a mitzvah to fast. The Rabbanon were guys are the other Tanesim, but Midaraisa there's only one day a year, Pamachas Bashana that we're supposed to fast. So Hakrishparhu says, and I'm doing it Lataivascha, Lakapra Labanaisam, to give a kapara to, that's why I'm asking you to fast. Out of Hakadosh infinite love for us, he's telling us that you have to eat today. Like a parent that really cares about a child that calls and texts and writes and emails, make sure to eat, make sure to eat. Did you eat yet? Did you eat yet? You have to be careful. Eat watermelon and you know all the different things. Take the some cow pill and and have this and drink a lot of water and drink Gatorade and all this. A parent cares about a child's health so much that they think and they keep on asking and begging and pleading, eat before the tainus. If you want a real Hisairus and how HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us today, Yom Kippur, we know He loves us. Everybody feels the love on Yom Kippur, but Arab Yom Kippur, perhaps the love is even greater because we're eating and we're drinking not because we want to eat and drink, we're eating and drinking because the Rabbi Shalom wants us to. <coughs> He's worried about our health on Yom Kippur, so he's telling us today, Chaparain, eat and drink, so that you're healthy, so you're going to get through the tightness. I'm rooting for you, I'm worried about you, I'm concerned for you. Please eat and drink today, so that Yom Kippur you'll be healthy. It's an unbelievable rush. I was bothered by the Gemara. What does it mean that you should eat and drink today. And if you eat and drink today, as if it's considered as if you fasted, why is it considered as if I fasted today? It's a mitzvah to eat. The Rabbi Hashem wants us to eat today so that we're healthy for tomorrow. Why is it that it's considered as if you fasted on chi? Why? Where do you get there? There are other Mepharshim that's that answer this question. Some say that it's much harder to fast coming out of a full stomach. If you have a full stomach on Arab Yom Kippur and now you're fasting, it's much harder than if you just would eat regular on Arab Yom Kippur. So if you eat a lot today, the the inoy of Yom Kippur is much more intense. It's like intensifying the inoy of the inoy nefesh of the lack of achila. And so it's ki'ilu isan, it's like a double fast. You fasted not only on Yom Kippur, but it's also ki'ilu like Lamafreya. the ninth was also an inu nefesh. I wanted to suggest maybe something a little bit differently. Eating, if you really like examine what eating is, Eating is really a meichel, a meisa bahami. It's really a, it's not a, it's not a, 
how should I put it? it it's, it's something that animals do. There's a story that Rapam once said that a, a farmer had a, a bunch of cows and, um, and he was a very grub of farmer. He's like very crude and not nice to his wife. And he came home every single night and his wife was in the kitchen slaving over a hot stove, making a nice meal for him. And every day he comes in, he wolfs down all the food and he gets up and he doesn't say thank you to her. Just gets up and just like, you know, walks out of the house. No, it's delicious. No, thank you. No, how'd you do it? You're amazing. Nothing. So one day, after years and years of this abuse, the farmer comes in one day and there's like a bale of hay on his plate. One of those square bales of hay on his plate. He says, what in the world is this? Where's my food? She says, this is your food. This is your supper. What do you mean this is my supper? Where is the real supper? She said, this is your food. He said, what do you mean this is my food? This is what we give the horses, the cows. You know, I don't, this is not human food. She says, well, when I give the horses the bale of hay, they eat it and they don't say thank you. When I give you supper, you don't say thank you. You and the horse are the same exact thing to me. As far as I'm concerned, you and the horse are the same. I give the horse a bale of hay from now on, I give you a bale of hay. The achila that we have, really, if you examine what you do when you eat, not to make us lose our appetite, but just look at it from, a, from like as if you landed from Mars. It's a very weird activity. You take something, uh, somebody cooked it in some kitchen, who knows what happened in the kitchen, and you take it and you put it into your body, you grind it up in your mouth, you chew it like a, like a behemoth would chew it, it goes into your stomach. The stomach mushes it up and digests it and enzymes and breaks it down. And, it, and, and some of it stays in you. Some of it is an Asher Yatsar. But that's it. That's, that's basically... So it's basically a Maisa Behemoth. I think we can all agree that basically if you look at the activity, at the mechanics of Achila, it's a very, very crude, mechanical, animalistic activity. And it could bring to great harm. It could bring to great harm. In fact, Chazal or Geyser, Misham Yena, Misham Pitam, it's dangerous. Eating is a person can act, drink some wine, some beer, you have a, you know, a big meal, start getting all gaivadik, you act more of a animalistic, and crazy things could happen. Things happen all the time. As a result of eating and drinking, it brings out a certain behema in a person. Hakadosh Baruch Hu did something very special, though. Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, "You could look at it that way, but the way I want you to look at it is, I want you to eat and drink and enjoy yourself. You can eat and drink and, and get hana from it, but I want you." to take that animalistic activity of eating and drinking and raising it and elevating it to the highest form of Kedusha. And when you do that, I'm going to make it a mitzvah. Tzayu Lamad on Shabbos, we eat 
Lechemishnah, where you can filter fish, we eat soup, and and if you do it in the right way, it's it's amazing. Your mamish, you're eating mishulchan gabaya. You're eating from a from a from a mizbeach from a shulchan. On Yantif, we have opportunities. Saint Simchel Basar If you do it in the right way, you can uplift even the most gasa Behemiastika activity, you can make it Kaidish Kadashim. I don't know how many people know, but there's a simon in Shulchan Aruch, in Arachayim, that's the coolest simon in, in Shulchan Aruch. The name of the simon, the Mechaber always puts a little title for every simon. He says, the name of the simon is Shakol Kavanasa Yil Shem Shamayim. If you want to look it up, it is in Arachayim Simen Reish Lamed Aleph. Shekol Kavanasa Yil L'Shem Shamayim. All of your Kavanas should be L'Shem Shamayim. And the Mechaber says basically like this. There's two ways of living your life, and you could choose. You can live your life for yourself. You can eat. You could drink. You could sleep. You could walk. You could talk. You can play ball. You could do whatever you want. And you do it for yourself. It's a Rishos. It's a Rishos. You don't get any credit for that. Why should you? You ate for yourself. You drank for yourself. You slept for yourself. But if a person merely has a Machshava Ba'alma, just a Machshava, I'm going to go to sleep. It's the same pillow. It's the same blanket. It's the same mattress. But I'm going to sleep and I'm having kavana L'Shem Shamayim, then I'm sleeping so that tomorrow morning I'll wake up and I'll be able to go to davening and daven with some kavana and learn with some kavana, be awake, be fresh, then I have now transformed what seems to be just a regular Dabar Rishos into a Dvar Mitzvah. Into a Dvar Mitzvah. And this is true for everything. You can eat, two people can eat the same Carlos and Gabi's. Same exact whatever this stuff is called, I don't even know, but whatever it's called, two people could eat the same exact Michael. Two people sitting right next to each other. One can have in mind, boy, I'm hungry, this really tastes good, let me eat this. Halitani nomina adam adamazeh. The other person sitting right next to him could say, this looks good, I want to eat it, so that I'm able to learn better so that I'm able to be healthy and thereby I'll be able to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu better. Two exactly identical Maisa Achila. One is a Behema and one is Kaidish Kadashim. Same exact activity but merely with just a thought. Nothing special. You didn't put on any special Beged. You didn't put on a Tzitz with Kaidish Lashem on it, you didn't, uh, you weren't Taival in a mikvah, you just thought a different thought. Two people could be playing basketball. One person is playing basketball because he likes playing basketball. That's his hobby, that's his thing. He's got game. The other person plays basketball because he understands that when he plays ball, 
It makes him healthier. He's able to breathe better. More oxygen in the lung means that I'm going to be able to learn better after the game is over. I'm going to be able to sleep better so that I'll be able to wake up tomorrow morning and learn better and daven better and do more mitzvahs. The same exact activity. One is a just the rishus. It's just playing basketball. Nothing special about this guy. Everybody plays basketball. You're like anyone else in the street. And the other person is mamishakain gadol going with naivalifnim. Every time he, he, he goes into the into the paint and he dunks, it's Same activity. But with merely a thought, a person is able to mamish uplift everything to a mitzvah. You tell me what you want to do, and I'll magically make it into a mitzvah. There's no rishos. There's no rishos. I'm going to tell you now what you say that I want you to remember the rest of your life. On this simon in Shulchan Aruch, there's a Bir Agra. The Vilna Gain wrote very succinct commentary on Shulchan Aruch. The Bir Agra is the name of that commentary. And on this simon, he says a few cryptic words. On this simon about Shakol Kavanasi Yilashem Shemayim, it's the greatest vart you'll ever hear. Listen to what the Gra writes. Ubaze, let's count the words. Ubaze, Mituratz, Kushas, Tysis, Babai Dizara, Yudalaf Amanalaf, Dibar Maschot Snain. I think it's seven words. Seven words the Gra said, what's going to take me now 20 minutes to explain. The Gra said it in seven words. He says, with this simon and Shulchan Aruch, we can understand. The Teretz, Tetaisis, Kashan, Avedizara, Dafyidalaf, Amanalaf, Dibar, Maschal, Tsinaim. What's the Gemara over there? What's Tyson? What's, what's the Grah talking about? So you have to look up the Gemara. You have to look at the Tysis. You have to look what the Tysis asks and what he answers. And this is going to be a game changer. This Bir Agra. The Grah says like this. The Gemara in Avedah Zarah and Afyad Aleph Aleph speaks about Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rabbi Yudah Nasi. Rabbi Yudah Nasi was very, very wealthy. We know that. He was the Nasi. He had everything that he had, everything that he wanted at his disposal. The Gemara says, it's talking about Rabbi Antoninus. He had a very good friend who was the Roman um, general, Antoninus. And they're both very wealthy. And it said about both of them, It never stopped from their table, never ceased. Summertime, wintertime, they always had all of the freshest fruits and vegetables on their table. Now for us, that's not such a chiddish, because we live in the jet age. I can get fresh watermelon in the summer as well as in the winter. I can get radishes and cucumbers in the winter as well in the summer. It's not such a chiddish for us. But living back in the times of Rabbeinu HaKadosh, for you to have radishes in the, in, in, in the time of year that radishes don't grow is a very big chiddish. But he was so wealthy that he was able to have all the luxuries year-round. It didn't matter whether it was a summer, winter, spring, or fall. He had anything that he wanted. How? No problem. Whatever he wanted. He just sent messengers and they got it for him. Frek Taisus Akasha. How could 
the Gemara say this? It sounds like Rabbeinu HaKadosh was somebody that was eating Sudeshlem B'Shaitai, that he was sitting with all year round. From the Gemara, it sounds like, you know, he had on his table, he was a melech, and he had on his table a whole shmor constantly of everything that he wanted. Year round, luxuries, being pampered, eating and drinking whatever he wanted. That's how the Gemara sounds. Tai says, I don't understand. This flies in the face of a different Gemara. The Gemara is in Ksuvas and The Gemara in Ksuvas and Aleph says that Rabbeinu HaKadosh, when he died, Zokaf Eser Etzbois Tape Mala, he picked up his ten fingers heavenward and he said, I never got any hana from this world, not even a small pinky's worth of hana. Which sounds like Rabbeinu HaKadosh was a parish legamri. He had, he was like Rav Steinemann. Rav Steinemann, Zechitzadik Levracha, what did he eat? He ate like nothing. He took some uh, nutrition pills just to make sure that he had the vitamins that he needed. He had water. He had, uh, he had some uh, stale bread. He had nothing. There's a crazy story that when he was a Rosh Hashiva in Kfar Sabo, the yeshiva was very poor. The yeshiva had no money and they told him, we're sorry, we're not able to pay you a salary because we have no money. So he says, that's not a problem, but how am I going to live? He says, they said, well, there's a very generous donor who gives us some, uh, I forgot what, gourds. What? Rhubarb, right. Rhubarb. Anyone ever tried rhubarb? Rhubarb is inedible. You can't eat rhubarb, okay? It's meant for hanging your sukkah. Okay, there's no, there's no way to eat rhubarb. They gave him, he says, okay, that sounds good. So every week or so, they shipped him like a crate of rhubarb. And for a whole year, breakfast, lunch, supper, Shabbos, Yontif, Erev Yom Kippur, all they had was rhubarb, rhubarb, and rhubarb. And somebody was incredulous, and they heard the story, and a lot of these stories get a little overblown, so somebody went to the Rebetzin, to Rebetzin Steinman, and they said, is this true, or this is above Misa, right? This is above Misa. You didn't exist on rhubarb for a year. She says, she looked at him like incredulous. Yeah, what's the big deal? It was very nice. And Shabbos, I was able to get some sugar, and I made it a little sweet for the Rav. So Pirish Lagamri, he had no no Ilam Haza. No Ilam Haza. That's how it sounds like Rabbeinu Akadish was, right? Rabbeinu Akadish, Zaka Veser Spice, Klapi Malo, says, He took a Shvua. I never got any Hana from this world, not even with my smallest pinky. Nothing. So Tysus is understanding this, that he's a parush. So what in the world does the Gemara Navadizara mean? There are Beinu HaKadosh, like Paschum, like Shulchanam, like Slain, like Chazeres, like Meisach Kamu, like Meisach Shamim. It's much like he had everything, he had a shmorg, all you can eat. Tysus answers in Navadizara that that he had a lot of guests around his table. He was the he was the Nasi, so he always had a lot of people, a lot of guests. He had to make state dinners, so it had to look appropriate. So he had a lot. He had taka had everything on his table, but he didn't eat anything. 
That was for the guests. That was for the family, for the friends, for the foreign ministers, for the heads of state. But for him personally, he had nothing. He had he was mistopic with a little water, a little pas melech teichel, lime suratishta. That's all he had. He had mamisha parish legamri That's what we walk away from Tysus understanding. Comes along the gra, in the bir hagra, in those seven words of the bir hagra, and he changes our entire perception of Rabbeinu Hakadosh and life. In seven words, the gra changes everything. The whole world changed in seven words. Ubazeh. Let's repeat again what the gra says. What is what's the Gros saying? The Gros saying very geschmack. The Gros saying no, that's not the right tarets, Tysus. I'm going to give you the right tarets now. It's not a stira at all. Rabbi Hakadosh had snayin and chazeres, meisachamah, meisachshamim. Year round, he had every delicacy in the world, and you know what? He ate every delicacy in the world. He had everything. He had everything. Ah, so how could he say on the last day of his life, The answer is, He stuck to this halacha in Shulchan Aruch, Reish Laman Aleph, His kavana was L'Shem Shemayim. I didn't get any personal Hanah from this world. I didn't get any Hanah. I ate. Maybe my palate got pleasure, but what I wanted to do with that pleasure was I wanted to transform it into an Avaid Hashem Shamayim. My Kavana was that when I was eating the Tznayna and I was eating the Chazeres, it wasn't for me, it wasn't for my gratification, it wasn't a Maisa Bahami. It wasn't for Gashmias, it wasn't for being able to brag that I went to this restaurant and that restaurant and I tried this and I tried that. Everything that I had was L'Shem Shamayim. Never did I eat anything without having the proper Kavan L'Shem Shamayim. And so I'm very comfortable asserting on the last day of my life that I never got enough from this world, not Batsba Kitano. And yet I had everything. We're not Prushim. We're not people that believe in, in, in going to the Himalayas and, 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 and having vows of, of, uh, of starvation, vows of celibacy, vows of, uh, of poverty. That's not Klal Yisrael. That's not Yiddish. That's not what Jews believe in. We believe that we can enjoy this world fully. We can be married. We can have a family. We can have good food, good drink. But we also believe that our role is not just to eat it like behemoths. Our role is to elevate ourselves to the maila and the madrega of L'Shem Shamayim, that kol kavanas L'Shem Shamayim. There's no rishus by a yid, by a bentaira, by somebody that really is nizar in his duties, in his chayvas halavavis in this world. Everything is L'Shem Shamayim. Everything that I eat and drink, I have to translate into a Misa of Kedusha. Rabbi Noah Kaddish was very comfortable saying, I'm eating everything, 
but nothing is for me. It's all for the Rabbi Nishlam. I'm channeling all of these hanais, all these pleasures to the Rabbi Nishlam. I'm giving it all to him. I'm enjoying it. But it's not a personal satisfaction. It's not nanesi. Lay nanesi. I didn't get any personal satisfaction. It, was it wasn't for me. There wasn't a moment in my life that I thought, you know what, I'm hungry. Give me the food. Let's eat. I ate and I enjoyed it. But I gave it to the Rabbi Nishlam. It's a grow which rocked the world. When the grow wrote these words, it rocked the world. Because it changed everything. It means that we can enjoy the pleasures of this world. We don't have to be a parish. The only precious that we have is the precious and the machshava. We have to be parish and stop looking at everything beteris gashmi with eyes that are fleshy. Ooh, this looks good. I want it. It's geschmack. I want to go here. I want to go there. It's, I want to have that experience. I want fun. I want action. I want, I want to taste everything. I want the experience. I want the excitement. That's trace. You could do all those things, but just have the kavanah l'shem shamayim and now it's kaidish kadashim. In Zmir Shabbos we say, Read those words literally. We eat in order to bless three times. It doesn't say we bless in order to eat three times. There's two ways of making a bracha. A bracha could either be a matir. I want to eat the challah, so I'm going to make a maitzilachim That's how some people do it. Other people say, I want to make a maitzilach menaris, give me challah. You know, Rav Shach, when he was an old man, they had to put at one stage, when he was very sick, they had to put a, um, like a tube into his esophagus. He wasn't able to, to eat anymore. And, and he was very sick, and he was not able to eat anymore. And they had to feed him intravenously, and they, they couldn't put food anymore into his mouth. And he was crying. And they thought he was crying because, you know, you're not able to eat anymore. It's, it's, it's not kishmak. And he says, that's not why I'm crying. He said, I'm crying because I can't make any more brachas on food. I want, I want to make amaitzi. I want to make a barpriyagaf. And I want to make adama. Never going to be able to make amaitzi. He didn't care about the food. If Shach didn't eat a cookie so that he could make a, so that he could eat a cookie... He ate a cookie, so he can make a barman mizanis and al at the end. That's why he ate a cookie. Everything was l'shem shamayim. Everything was uplifted. It's the same cookie. He enjoyed the taste of the cookie, just like you and I. But it's a completely different world. His kavanah was l'shem shamayim. The cookie was was a chetimtza to be able He wanted to eat in order that he could be mevarich shalosh pamim. He could wash. He could make amaitzi. He could bench. How many of us, we, we're thirsty and, you know, by the time the Snapple is already halfway down our esophagus or wherever, it goes, Trey, where does it go? Whatever. Esophagus, good. Esophagus. By the time it's halfway down, like, you know, we're almost up to Shahako. It's just the way, we're just like, you know, okay, if we're lucky and we remember to make a Shahako, it's just like, let's get the Shahako out of the way so I can get the drink into my mouth. 
Rabbeinu HaKadosh, from the perception of the Gra, was like a Renaissance man. He speaks to our Dar. Our Dar of pizza and Carlos and Gabi's and sushi and, and steak and barbecues. That's fine. Don't be embarrassed about that. That's fine. It's good. Enjoy it. But enjoy it, L'Shem Shamayim, and now everything is amazing. I hold that this gra, by the way, is the gra L'Shitasai. There was once a Dibuk in the city of Vilna. I love Dibuk stories, especially with candles and dark rooms. A Dibuk always goes into a girl and always has a, a deep, thick, raspy voice. And this Dibuk was no exception. And they, you know, they were, uh, the, they tried desperately, the father tried to get the Dibuk out of the girl's mouth and was, wasn't going so well. So some of the Talmide Agra heard about this and they came to the Dibuk and they were speaking to the Dibuk and sort of like interviewing the Dibuk to try to find out, because you have here like a conduit to what's going on in Shamayim. And the Dibuk said amazing things about the Gra. I think they said, the, the Dibuk says that he's like a Tana. He's considered to be like a Tana in Shamayim. In any event, they asked the Dibuk if the gra would come, the gra very rarely leaves his clays, his little base medrash, kiyodua. Gra hardly ever went out of his clays. But if we would get him somehow, some way, if we could convince him to come and order you to leave this girl's body, would you listen to him? And the Dibbuk says, absolutely. There's no question about it. If the gra says, we're out. And they weren't able to, this is a Dibbuk that was very difficult to, to get at. It wasn't going anywhere. They tried a lot of different techniques. It wasn't budging. If the Gra commands us to leave, we're out. So they said, but why are you so afraid of the Gra? The Dibbuk said, we're in Shemaim, we're all terrified of the Vilna Gain. So they said, but Why? Don't you know that the Vilna Gain eats and drinks normally? The Vilna Gain was a person, apparently, who, who ate regular foods, like, you know, people of the time. He wasn't a Pirish, he wasn't looking to... He was just, you, you know, you give him a bowl of chons, he'll have a bowl of chons. You give him some, 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 some water, he'll have water. You give him orange juice, he'll have orange juice. He eats and drinks like we do, like regular human beings. Why are you scared of him? So they said, the Dibuk says, that's what terrifies us about that man. Because you have to understand that when the Goyim eats meat, it's mamish kachilas kachim. When he drinks wine, it's like the nesachim on the mezbeach. The growers on such a high madrega, v'chol shamayim, that his avayda was eating and drinking. It was kachim for him. When the gra ate, that steak was not just a piece of meat that everybody else enjoyed at the party. The Vilna Gain changed that piece of meat. He made it the highest form. He never got personal hanah from it. 
That's the greatest mile that a yid could reach. Enjoy life. Gesundheit, enjoy. Eat. Kodesh Baruch wants us to eat. Like that father that begs his son, you're fasting tomorrow. Eat and drink. But a Kodesh Baruch expectation, when a, the Torah wants us, alludes to the fact that he wants us to eat, doesn't mean eat and eat for yourself. Carlos and Gabi's fress away a whole day and you get, and you get a mitzvah. It's Kilo Asanachi Vasiri. The Torah is telling you, I want you to eat like I want you to fast. The fasting is L'Shem Shamayim. There's not a yid in the world that fasts Shalai L'Shem Shamayim. We're fasting L'Shem Shamayim. We don't want to fast. It's a long fast. It's a hard fast. We're fasting for one purpose. Slicha, Mechila, V'Chapara. That's it. It's Kul L'Shem Shamayim. I want you to eat. On the ninth day, like you fast on the tenth. Your fasting is cool, L'shem Shemayim, and I want your eating to be L'shem Shemayim. And when your eating is L'shem Shemayim, you didn't eat. Of course you ate. But you can honestly say, as you're coming into the Yema Kippurim the whole era of Yom Kippur was so L'shem Shemayim, it was a mitzvah for me to eat, and I transformed that mitzvah to eat. And it was like a tainus. You know what it means? It's like a tainus. It doesn't mean that you mamish fasted. But your eating was on such a holy madrega that it was like Rabbeinu HaKadosh's eating. Sure, you ate and you drank and you should. It's a mitzvah. Enjoy it. But kalaichal you're fasting today. You know what it means you're fasting today? You're not getting enough from the food. You might be enjoying it, but you're giving the Rabbi Nishlam the entire Hanah. The Tznayim, the Chazeras, whatever you eat today, you have to have Kavon L'Shem Shamayim. It's an Avedu, like Yom HaKippurim. And when you do that, it's Ki'ilu Hisanachiv Asiri. You might be fasting more today than you are on Yom Kippur itself if you do it the right way. Some ask, I saw Ki'ilu Hisanachiv Asiri. What does it mean, Ki'ilu Hisanachiv Asiri? I am fasting on Asiri. Okay, I understand Ki'ilu Hisanachiv. What does it mean, Ki'ilu Hisanachiv Asiri? I'm fasting on Asiri. What does it mean, Ki'ilu? What's the Ki'ilu? It might be that you'll see when you eat on Erev Yom Kippur and you raise it to a level of that the fasting that you do on Yom Kippur might not be as much of an as the quote-unquote fasting that you're doing on Erev Yom Kippur. Such a high madrego could you attain on Erev Yom Kippur from eating and drinking that the fast that you're going to do on Yom Kippur is going to pale in comparison to the Kedusha, to the, to the precious from Eilam Hazeh of the eating and drinking that's considered to be a tzayim on Erev Yom HaKippurim. This is a great mission statement for us. The Gra is teaching us something very, very important. 
for our whole life. Everybody wants to enjoy life. Everybody wants to have a good life, a geschmacka life. Everybody wants to have the luxuries that we're used to, the food that we're used to. Rahman al-Islam, we should never be tested and not have all the things that we're used to. And there's nothing wrong with it, according to the Grah. The Grah is saying we should enjoy life. Don't feel guilty if you enjoy life. Have a family. Enjoy the pleasures of having a family. Enjoy the pleasures of having a job, making money, paying your bills, going shopping, wearing nice clothing. Enjoy it. Lech echo b'simchas lachmecha should eat and enjoy your life. Enjoy the, the Paris of your Maisia Dayim. You should enjoy, you should live a Geshmaka life. Nothing wrong with that. It's a very Jewish concept to enjoy life. We enjoy life. The Chiddush of the Grah is that with just the Kavana alone, you take a Maisa Bahami, like almost like an Avera, and all of a sudden with a thought, you change it into a mitzvah with a simple thought. Rabbi says, is there a better hachana to Yom HaKippurim than this notion of kalaychel v'shoyse b'tshi ma'la v'kosu kilo his'anetshi v'asiri? Don't we believe that Yom HaKippurim is the day that we have a kavana l'shem shamayim? We think about all the averis that we do one video after another one Maisa Bahami after another. We do tshuva, a kavana, believe, a kavana, bepeh. And what happens? Magically. All this dainas, all those terrible thousands of averis that we've committed with our eyes and with our ears, with our mouth, with all the Ramach Hebarim, with all the Shasagidim, suddenly with a kavana ba'alma, with tshuva, they're nasa, with tshuva me'avas, nasa, they become mitzvahs. With a kavana ba'alma, they become a mitzvah. That's why the Torah wants us today to eat and to drink. This is a concrete example of how you take something that's a maisa behema and with a kavana ba'alma, with a simple thought, not a big avayda, just a simple thought. Befichabuvavcha is a very simple activity. And with that, you're able to flip everything in life from an Avera to the greatest mitzvah. We eat and we drink today. It could be a very big Avera. It could be our best Rishus. And suddenly we think, L'shem Shemaim, I want to eat. You know why I want to eat? Because the Rabbi Yisham says, I have to fast in Yom Kippur. So this hachana, this eating and drinking today is a hachana L'shem Shemaim for Yom HaKippur. The Rabbi Yisham cares about me. He loves me. He's worried about me. He wants me to eat. It's all L'shem Shemaim. It's all for you. The Rabbi Yisham says, great. It's all for me. It's a mitzvah. All the achil that you did, I'm ma- it's ki'ilu esanachiv asiri. You got a double mitzvah. You got, it's a mitzvah. Every Maisa Bahami with a Machshava Ba'alma becomes a mitzvah. That's tshuva. That's the greatest way of going into Yom Kippur. This isn't coincidental that this whole shmuz takes place on Erev Yom Kippur because this is a Yom Kippur Dika Shmuz. To think about all the things that we did in our past and HaKadosh Baruch gives us the gift of even today 
having kavana on them that they should be l'shem shamayim, and they become l'shem shamayim. It's a very hard concept to understand how our averis become mitzvahs. I did averis the whole year, and now all of a sudden I walk away with like tons of mitzvahs. Like, how did that happen? You know what Baruch Ber says? Baruch Ber Leibowitz says that all of those averis that you did were considered to be a hachon ledvar mitzvah. What's the mitzvah? The mitzvah of tshuva. When I, if, I, if I don't have any Averis, I come into Yom Kippur, it's a pretty boring day, there's no mitzvahs to do. If I have thousands of Averis, I had a lot of Achara for the mitzvah of Tshuva. And now, when I do Tshuva, that Avera became Achana Ledvar Mitzvah. That's what we're talking about right now. That we could think about everything and we could uplift it to the highest levels on Arab Yom Kippur, and on our entire lives. We could live the greatest life, luxuries, and beruchnias, begashmias, everything. And if we just merely have kavanah l'shem shamayim, and we dedicate it towards the Rabbeinu Shalom, then it's all a mitzvah. Nothing bad about it. As long as you're not doing it to... Uh, you know, to to cause other people to be jealous and to brag and to uh, you know you're not doing it to be ostentatious, make a chil Hashem, but you're doing it on a simple level because I want this because it's going to be geschmack for the rabbinic shalom. I want to buy a nice piece of meat lekavod yantiv, and this way it's going to be more kavod yantiv. It's going to be einik shabbos. Then you've taken that piece of meat. You've uplifted it. It's kaidish kadashim. It's car- it's a carbon. This is true with everything in life. It's just a matter of a simple kavana. This is our avaida. It's it's a very, it's a very American gra, if you will. You know, the gra was the one that said we have a kabbalah from Chaim Velazhner that there's going to be ten stancias. There's going to be ten way stations in this gallus. And the last stancia, the last way station is America. The girl understood America. You know, the girl lived, it's interesting to know, like we think the girl lived in the, in the 1300s. The girl lived in, in the 1700s. He was Nifter in 17, uh, 1797. So he was alive and he very well knew about the United States of America in 1776. And he understood that there was something about America that was going to be the last station before Mashiach comes, after Spain and after Portugal and after Poland and after Russia and after all the other Gullison, America is going to be the final station before Mashiach comes. What did he see about America that was so special? Maybe he saw that America is a land of materialism, but the Zdainais could be Nasa Kizachias. It's true we're materialistic, but the potential to convert all of that l'shem shamayim, it's kikachim. It's amazing amounts of carbonus that could be brought in America, perhaps more than any time before in our history. If it's all kavanas l'shem shamayim, we can bring Mashiach, not by fasting and not by living an ascetic lifestyle, but by living our regular American lifestyle enjoying life, playing ball, going swimming, playing golf, playing tennis, 
eating hot dogs and hamburgers and steaks and sushi and, and Mexican food and you have Kavan Hashem Shamayim, the Rabbani Shalom gets tremendous hanav from that. We could do it all as long as we're having the proper, true problem. I don't mean a fake kavana. Real, true kavana l'shem shamayim. It's mamish ka'ilof v'chashlamim. This is how we come into Yom Kippur. We eat and we drink l'shem shamayim. We show the Rabbi Shalom how we want to give it all to him. This is our Kabbalah for the new year. Whatever we do, what do we say every day in davening? Zachreinu l'chaim. Remember us for life. Melech Chafetz Bachayim, the king who desires our life, the Chasveinu B'Sefer Achayim, write us in the book of life. Why? So we should have hot dogs and hamburgers. I want to give everything to you. My whole life, I'm dedicating heavenward. I'm sending it all to you. I'm catapulting it to Shemayim. Everything I do, I want a good life. Don't get me wrong. But I want my life to be channeled Lamancha. And if we could channel Lamancha, and today's a great day to show, to prove, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, this is who I am. I take all the Gashmias and I uplift it to the highest realms of Kedusha. With that, we're able to come into a Yom Kippur. With that, we're able to declare to the Rabbi Nishalem, here we are. This is a life that's Lamancha. we should be Zeichah. This Yom Kippur should be the last Yom Kippur in Galus. We should be zeichet v'neichal min azvachim min absachim. Mitzvah Hashem. In this coming year, should be a geshmaka year. It should be a good year. A year full of simcha and bracha and nachas baruchnius of agashnius. And we should lift everything up, klape shmaya, and say to the Rebbeinu Shalom, "This is all lemancha."